Dr. Debbie here, and just a quick announcement before we get to today's episode. Has someone shattered your trust? Have you been blindsided by betrayal? It's a total shock to the body and mind. Some of us recover, and many others stay sick, bitter, angry, resentful, and stuck. If that's you, I have a research-based solution. My new book, Trust Again, Overcoming Betrayal and Regaining Health, Confidence and Happiness is now available. In the book, I literally walk you through the five stages of betrayal all the way to transformation with all kinds of examples, stories, and activities so you heal as you're moving through the book. I've also shared my very personal story along with those who participated in my PhD study so you can see how others move through their experiences too. Of course, I'm also teaching you my four-part trust rebuilding process so you can learn to feel safe again, love again, trust again. So here's what you do. Go to the PBT, as in post-betrayal transformation, thepbtinstitute.com forward slash trust again. That's thepbtinstitute.com forward slash trust again. Why? Because there's a link on that page that'll take you to Amazon, but I want you to know about it because once you get the book, come back to that page, enter your receipt, and then you get some amazing bonus gifts. Can't wait to share the book with you. And if you have friends or a group who'd benefit, get it for them too, because I'm giving tickets to a very special workshop for anyone who purchases more than five copies. ThePBTInstitute.com forward slash trust again. Okay, now on to today's episode. Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Catherine Plano. Catherine is known in her community as an innovative leader and creative entrepreneur who specializes in helping people achieve their goals and dreams. She's passionate about assisting others to reach their highest ambitions, and live a life that is rich and fulfilling. She is a strong advocate and a leader by nature. Catherine thinks big, encourages possibilities, honors individual wisdom and strengths, and is valued for helping leaders build strong and more effective teams that come to think strategically and engage in meaningful conversations that allow for reflection, change, and growth. Want to hear some tips and strategies to truly move you forward from betrayal? My next guest, Catherine Plano, has been through it a few times. Her experiences taught her some very effective ways to heal and also taught her things about herself she feels she needed to learn. You're going to love her. Here's Catherine. Okay, everybody, we have Catherine Plano with us today. And you know, of course, we talk all about betrayal. And most importantly, what we can do with it, how can how it can lead to our biggest, how the biggest crisis can lead to our, our greatest gift. And Catherine is certainly an example of that. So welcome, Catherine. Thank you so very much. I'm so excited to be on the show. Oh, thanks so much. So let's just dive right in. How, tell us about your betrayal, or I think that from briefly what we talked about before we started recording i think it's more than one <laughs> tell us about oh, whichever one you been, want to talk about <laughs> it's been this uh, ongoing pattern it's it's about unfaithful relationships mm-hmm. where my partners have lived a double life um and lived a life of uh, lies mm-hmm. um and then for me you know trust is a big thing so it was a big betrayal for me over and over again mm-hmm. and what do you make of it what like what are you because you know, it's so devastating. And I, as I, I always say, we're never betrayed by people we don't know. It's by the people we're closest to. So how did you respond? 
Well, I mean, you know, I'm human. So initially, of course, I was angry and very confused. Um, and I was always, you know, I know that I was thinking, like, how could someone deceive me? You know, and I was very much in that victim mentality. Uh, but however, once I kind of like the emotion subsided and I was able to center myself, I actually had to take ownership because I always knew deep down in, in my gut, there was always this gut instinct or a gut feeling or an intu intuition that I absolutely ignored. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that your listeners have probably experienced the same thing. That something wasn't quite right, but you couldn't put your finger on it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so for me, it's... Um, in one, in specifically, one of my betrayals, I wanted to know how long it was going on for because I felt like it was going on for for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I don't think I ever shared this, but by the way, with anyone, uh, what I did is I actually found out where this um, lady was working, and I actually found out her phone number, and I called her. So this is how I responded to the betrayal, and I actually was really quite. Um, empathetic uh, because I believe that it takes her to tango and um, I don't know what she knew or didn't know about me but what I did want to know was just more so um, how long it had been going on for so when I gave her a call I just said look my name is Catherine I introduced myself and I said look I'm not I'm not ringing to take it out on you all I need to know is please let me know how long this has been going on for so that I can truly let go and we had a really good conversation I mean it wasn't like you know uh, kind of buddy buddy conversation mm -hmm. but it was a great conversation and it was I felt really proud of myself because I was able to remain composed so that Ab is how I, I responded to one of them yeah absolutely I mean that's incredible and I know because I, I, I always try to dive into my listeners minds and say what would they want to know first of all it's 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 very impressive because there could be so much so much anger and rage and and all of the emotions we're so hard hit and we're struggling on so many levels so just to pick up the the phone and have that kind of conversation and be empathetic. How did you, how, how, how did you manage to be empathetic? Because I know that would be maybe one of the last emotions <laughs> some of my listeners would choose. Well, because I think it's, once again, if I'm being um, lied to, I'm sure that she'd been lied to. And so for me, if I was I didn't know the scenario. I didn't know the situation. I didn't know the story that she was given, which was a very different story to the reality. Uh, so I think for me it was going in there um, and my only focus was just to find out um, how long it had been going on for. That was it. So for me to be empathetic was me to be able to put myself in her shoes and I guess what what did she see? What did she hear? How did she feel about mm. it? Uh, because the stories that she was given were, were lies. Wow. So I think for me it's like I wasn't sure of, of, of the storyline. It was more so about I was able to take myself out of my shoes and therefore out of my emotions of being angry. And it's interesting because there there were many questions you could have asked why was that question the most important to you, the amount of time? I think because um, initially it had been going on for this, the intuition and this gut feeling that I had had been going on for quite some time, I think about six months. And every time I'd bring it up, um, I, it was shut down. So then I started doubting my intuition and my, my this, this gut feeling that I had. So I think it more so it was more that I needed to prove it to myself that I was right. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, that's really interesting. And so now you you got your answer. And did you feel better after you, you spoke with her? What was the you know, what did you experience once you hung up the phone? Um, oh, look, I think that then, of course, I did this whole um, attacking me. And I'm sure that some people experienced the same thing. You know, it was like, what did I do wrong? What could I have done differently? Um, uh, what what drove this uh, my partner to do this? So there was a, a level of accountability because if it's you know I do believe it takes two to tango. Then what did I do or not do to create these um, this circumstance? So I think for me it was although that the trust was violated, what did I do to create it? So it was really weird. Like I had this real flip one day. The switch just turned. It was like. What did I do to create this? Mm. And it's so interesting because here, here, you know, we are the ones that are betrayed and then we're wondering what we did. It's like, why did we not question the the betrayer? It, it seems to be, it's so easy for us to take responsibility. And of course, I'm all for taking responsibility, but to, but that the, the immediate response is for us to wonder what did we do, you know, mm. a, instead of saying, what's up with that person that they could just... Uh, make those kinds of of decisions. So, what, do you do you remember any any physical, mental, emotional symptoms after that? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I had lots of. Um, so I had. I think for me, I had definitely lack of sleep, mm-hmm. um, lack of motivation. Um, I, I definitely uh, lack of self esteem. Self doubt came in. Um, and definitely, I think, I mean, I, I have an anxiety disorder, but I think because it happened over and over again over, throughout my life, I, I did feel anxious, um, helpless. I just didn't know what to do. But for me, it was, um, had to make a decision one day. It was just like, and I've done this over and over in my life when somebody said to me, Catherine, you can't do this or don't waste your time. There's this, this, this side of me that says, I'll show you. Mm. And it was that I was able to step into that because I know that if I'm into this, in that space of a victim mentality, I don't have the power. I feel disempowered and I'm actually giving my power away. Mm-hmm. And so the only way for me to move forward from betrayal was to fill my cup up um, mm. and then um, not be in that victim mentality to start shifting my mindset. Mm-hmm. And what were ways that you started to do that? Um, so, yeah, so what I did is I actually practiced forgiveness, but forgiveness on myself first, purely because I was angry with myself uh, because some of the things that I was saying was like, you knew it all the time, Catherine, you know, you know, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. So I, I was very much about forgiving me mm-hmm. and then I was able to forgive my partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of the deep work. So I practiced mindfulness so that I would center myself so I'd know that if my mind was elsewhere, because it does, right, you could be driving, you could be cooking. Mm -hmm. you could be you know whatever that may be and your mind sometimes goes off and makes up these big stories and mountains and you know I think we're the director of our own movie we can create this whole drama series Mm -hmm. of the betrayal when um so I felt that if I was being more mindful but present and and being focused in what I was doing there and then helped me um uh with coping Mm -hmm. um I did a lot of journaling, so I was able to really empty my head and write my thoughts and be really raw with my emotions without worrying about someone judging me. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I think, like I said, I took responsibility. I think that once we be we take responsibility and and, and be accountable, even though you know we can turn around and say, well, it wasn't my fault and I didn't do anything. I think that once we we take the accountability or the responsibility, it's so much more empowering mm-hmm. than the other way. Because I mean, like I said, it takes two to tango and it's a two way street, mm-hmm. regardless of who did the betrayal. Uh, but in saying that too, I am human. I did allow myself to get angry, to cry, to have these little tantrums. But what I did do is I gave myself a time. Mm-hmm. So, and I do this and I'm, I'm really good at doing this. I said, okay, Catherine, it's okay for you to be upset right now, but for four weeks mm-hmm. or six weeks. And I had an end date. So that I, I, if I had to cry and do all these tantrums, I had to do it all there and then. Even if I had to take the time out or go somewhere or, or in a different location mm-hmm. so that I was able to really release. And Okay, so I, I want to dive into a couple of things you said, but I'm just really curious. As far as your time limit, what made it a certain amount of time? What made you decide, okay, you know what? I'm giving this one two weeks. I'm giving this one four weeks. How did you decide well, on the amount of time? Well, because the very first one I felt like went on forever. Mm-hmm. The second one, um, I gave myself a time. That's where it started because I thought to myself, uh, the con, the common denominator in all of my relationships was me. Mm-hmm. So it's I can't say that it's my partner's fault that um, you know they've been unfaithful. It, it is about what am I doing to manifest or create this. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's like okay, so. The second one was I think I gave myself six months. The mm-hmm. third one was shorter. Mm-hmm. And I, I think after a while you become really resilient mm-hmm. because it's like, okay, it's happened again. What 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 is the same? And the same thing, and I know, I think it's for me, it's probably we have different drives. Mm-hmm. So from a male and a female perspective, we have different drivers and I know that. Uh, and for me, my drivers probably weren't the same as my partner's drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... You know, I, I think about how then do I step into another relationship where I can be um, transparent mm-hmm. about what my drivers are right from the start, what I want, what I don't want, what I like, what I don't like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's how it, it's because it happened over and over again that, you know, it ruined my life the first time because mm-hmm. this, the, my first one was I thought I was going to, you know, get married and have children with this person. Mm. And, you know, and, and I say this in my community, uh, in our programs, that unless we change, it really is such a huge mindset shift because otherwise it's so familiar. And even though it's so painful, it's what we know. So we keep gravitating mm. towards the same type of person because, you know, th- th- what has to change is us or it's so familiar. We just find ourselves where the faces change, but it's really the same thing. And and that's why I'm always talking about really the, the death and rebirth. It's really the death of the old you in order to rebirth that new. And people mm. always think, you know, well, I can just patch things up or, you know, I, I truly, I, I don't believe in repairing, but I believe in rebuilding. And I think betrayal really causes us to have mm. this complete and utter destruction of what was or that old version of ourselves in order to birth something new. So it sounds like you in just shortening that time frame, something for sure had a change for you yeah. to be able to do that. I want to get into but, Oh, go ahead. 
No, no, I was going to say also it was like what was my learnings and what can I do differently next time? And I think that, you know, I think for me that was my shadow self, um, you know, presenting itself. So I believe we attract in life in life what we must learn mm -hmm. and I, I really believe that there was this a real sense of I had to be more selfful not selfless and if mm -hmm. I look at my past relationships I was very much um, their shadow uh, I wasn't being selfful I'd lost my identity I, I honestly did lose my identity so I think that over time um, it was about what was the that that continuous message what was my shadow pointing out mm -hmm. um and you know if i have a look at it i really attracted uh individuals that had um a very strong ego mm -hmm. and then were very selfful not selfish i don't use i don't like using the word selfish but selfful oh um, you know selfish yes selfish if you call it selfish but so for me it was learning my lesson was about doing things for myself Mm -hmm. and being more selfful rather than selfless. Mm -hmm. And I definitely want to get to that, but I want to go back to a couple of things of the things yep. you said. You talked about forgiveness. And I mean, forgiveness is just a word until we actually are called to do it. And there are so many different uh, ways people forgive, and it has different meanings to, for different people. What did forgiveness look like for you? And how did you go about sure. it? So what I did, is I would close my eyes and I would allow um, myself to be, it's almost like this white light was washing over me. It's like a shower of white light. And what it was doing, it was really releasing any emotion that was trapped within my body, um, any anger, anything, like so that I felt this real pure sense of love. And I really focused on my heart center where it was just really visualized that my heart was just being filled with love. Mm -hmm. And only in that state was I able to put my the partner in front of me and actually look at him and say, I love you mm -hmm. and I truly forgive you. Because I really believe that no one goes out of their, their mind or, you know, into intentionally go out of their mind to hurt someone. I think there's, there's these underlying unconscious drivers that make somebody behave without them being conscious of it. You know, mm -hmm. for me, I believe the person is not the behaviour. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, once I was able to visualise this channel of love and, and light, I was able to um, transcend that and, and send that to my partner um, and and letting them know that I, I truly forgive them. Now, it took some time. And once I was able to do that, I would cut the ties that bound us. Mm -hmm. So I, I visualised almost like this big scissors that come and cut this etheric cord that was mm -hmm. connected mm -hmm. between them and me. Yeah. Cord cutting is a big thing. And I mm. didn't really understand it until actually I had someone on the podcast who was who was explaining it. And it really is. It's like you're cutting the, the power, uh, the ties that that power and that pain has over you. And it's really huge. It sounds to me like that your I mean, it's a beautiful process, what you just described, that loving kindness meditation. Yes. You know, right. Is that right? Where you're sort of and I'm yes, I, I'm I remember it was it was like where you're you're forgiving and you're sending love and kindness to people you don't know and then it's by yeah. people maybe you're a little bit aggravated with and then you really go mm -hmm. for it. <laughs> it's that person yeah. who hurt you. No, absolutely. And it, I, I think also quantum entanglement, we're all connected. And mm -hmm. so and I think this is where the etheric cord comes into play when you're talking about cutting cutting the, the cords that bind us. 
Um, and if you if you have a look at it from and quantum physics talks about it, if we understand that we are all connected, and it could be as simple as even you know you could be thinking about someone, and all of a sudden you'll get an email or a call. Mm. You know, th this is that that whole connection piece that we talk about. And so imagine if you've had a partner uh, that betrayed you, and you keep thinking of your partner. Imagine the the energy or the, the 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 what you're sending out into the field that they're picking up on um and so if you want to heal the betrayal you must go you must cut the cord mm -hmm. and you and this may take a few times this could take you you know 7 14 21 goes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely and how did you feel from from before you did the forgiveness work to after like how did you know that forgiveness was complete I felt like um, I understood. It's probably the, the only word that kind of comes. It's for me. It's like I always say: seek first to understand, then to be understood. And I felt like I understood. I was able to understand um, the why. And I think for me, it's it's always been why. Mm -hmm. And if I can understand the why, then I can let go of it. Mm -hmm. um, I felt freer i was able to concentrate i had my energy back i was able to do things like uh, even my journaling the the words that i was writing was so much more compassionate empathetic sympathetic there was a lot more love not so much anger um i got back into yoga dancing you know i did things that lit me up the things that made me happy so that's how i was able to identify the transition between being stuck in the betrayal and feeling kind of, I guess, dark in a dark space, mm -hmm. this gray cloud over my head compared to this real lightness about me. And it's amazing that you say that because I have seen the look. There's a look of someone who has let go of this yes. tremendous pain. There's a radiance, there's a brightness, there's an energy. And I could see when someone is struggling, they have that dark, heavy energy. They're in deep, deep pain. And I see when they've made that shift. And it's exactly what you said. There's this lightness. There's this energy. You're you're much more willing and eager to do things that make you feel mm -hmm. good because you've, you know, you, you have, first of all, the bandwidth to, to do it because you've let go of so much and you're just, uh, you're in such a different place. And it sounds like that's what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I had people say, Catherine, what have you done? You look like you've had a facelift. Mm. And so people could see it in my face. And even in photos, when I'd see photos um, when I was in that dark place compared to when I came out of it, I, I transformed. Like mm -hmm. you could see it. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? And, and what's mm. so interesting too, I have seen that look on the betrayer as well where there's one look when they're just living that secret life and, you know, having all of those secrets and all of that. And the look of when someone has really learned what's most important to them, they've come clean, they realize what the heck am mm -hmm. I doing? And, and they've healed and they've transformed and there's a different look in their eyes. It's profound. So true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's true. And I think they have to go through the process of forgiveness as well, because I think that, you know, as long as it's kept a secret in the dark, it's okay. Um, but I think once it's out in the open, then there's this whole, they go through their own process, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this is where we need to step in and be a, a lot more empathetic and compassionate towards themselves or mm -hmm. towards them. Um, because I'm sure they'd be, you know, I, I for me, just, um, 
some of those unconscious drivers, as I was talking about right from the you don't know where they're coming from. You know, it could be ambition, it could be passion, it could be lust, you know, and uh, I, I, um, have been in corporate for well, over 25 years. And I've had conversations with other men when we've gone to conferences and I've seen them, they misbehave mm-hmm. and they've got a beautiful wife and children. And I ask them, what is it that drives you to be unfaithful? Mm. And, you know, and the things that they talk about is the things that I I want from my wife I can't get. And then mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll say, well, did you ever have that conversation? Oh, I couldn't have that conversation. So I always think, you know, communication is really, really important. And this is why I think this this relationship, I mean, now communication is important because if you can't communicate the things that you like, don't like, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. this is the other thing where you, you know, you start going down that path of, you know, uh, betraying someone. I think this is how it happens and how it plays out. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? It, well, you know what? I see it that way too. And I also see it where th- the betrayer, it's really all about their emptiness, their lack, what they what they haven't healed within. And so what they're doing is they're looking to numb, avoid, distract themselves from something they're unwilling to feel or face. And that's one way of doing it. You know, mm. that's just one way. And it's still not healed. It's still not faced. But they're wreaking a lot of havoc, and you know, and the people that they're hurting in the process. So yeah, yeah it, it definitely creates a lot of damage. I want to get back to when you talked about mindfulness and journaling. Was there anything specific there, a specific way to journal or a specific uh, mindfulness practice that really worked for you? Yeah. So with the mindfulness practice is I would be really in the present moment. So if I was cutting, let's say I was cooking, I would actually be looking at my carrots and I'd be cutting my carrots and I'd be really focusing on the colour of the carrot. I know this is going to sound a bit strange, but it's really been in the present. Or it could be that if I'm sitting out in the backyard, I'm being present and I might look at the stones, I might look at the the, um uh, the beetle bug walking past. I might listen to the birds. I might listen to the the, the sound of the wind um, amongst the trees. I would look at the trees. I'd count the leaves on the tree. I would uh, count how many blue things I can see. I would really be in the present moment so that my brain was not distracted or taken away from the present moment. Mm. Um, even when I was cooking, you know, I'd be counting how many bubbles in the water as I was boiling the water. Wow. Like that is how I was able to still, well, not so much still my mind, keep my mind in the present moment. And that's such a great strategy because, you know, we hear that depression is when we're focused on the past and anxiety is when we're focused on the future. And the only moment we have any control over at all is the present. And that's the one we're barely around for. You know, we're Mm -hmm. so busy in the the past or in the future. And in being in the present, first of all, it's so great for your nervous system. And uh, just it sounds like you did some amazing things to calm yourself. What about journaling? Was there a specific practice there too? Yes, absolutely. So for journaling, uh, what was my thinking like? Um, what was my feelings like? And how did I show up? Mm-hmm. So what I did, and it's called perceptual position. So you're able to take yourself out of your your position to have a look at uh, how others may have perceived you today. Because for me, it was really important that I showed up uh, composed mm-hmm. uh, because especially in the work environment, nobody knew I was going through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, only my close friends and family would know. But, and I was really clear about not showing up what I was feeling and experiencing. So it really helped me um, be, like, to be composed was to really um, 
So for example, let's say I all of a sudden I had this emotion pop up and I always say, you know, my emotions were all over the place and, mm-hmm. you know, and from um, these repeating betrayal patterns was I got better at controlling my emotions. Mm-hmm. And so it's not about repressing them because I know that they will just come up eventually. But I am the driver of my bus and when my emotions would come up and I've got a bus full of emotions, I would have my emotion pop up in the passenger seat. And when it did, mm. I would, and if it, it, let's say if my emotion would creep up when I'm facilitating or I'm a group with people, a group with a group of people, I would say, okay, to my emotion, I acknowledge you. I'm going to park the bus and I'll come uh, and attend to you when I am done. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't repressing it. I'm just putting it, parking it in a parking lot and knowing that afterwards I'll go back there and attend to it. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in the right space Mm -hmm. i would then ask my emotion um what are you here for what Mm -hmm. am i here to learn from you and how can i work with you um only then was i able to work through with the anger the sadness the grief whatever was coming up for Mm me because i was able to separate myself from my emotions and and actually really find out why are my emotions coming up what do they really want Mm -hmm. because it's it's obviously a need is not met and that's that's why uh, they would be coming up. So that's how I uh, did my journaling. It was really getting to my thoughts and emotions. And I love that you're bringing that up because sometimes that emotion just wants to be acknowledged so it mm. can leave and just giving it that time. And I love that this way it, it didn't get repressed. It didn't get suppressed. It just got temporarily sort of parked. And when you were able yeah. to deal with it, you did. And I think that's brilliant. Let's talk about trust a little bit. How did you, because trust is is definitely one of the things that gets shattered in a betrayal. How did you rebuild trust? So I always say that you got to take the first step and you have to give trust. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I talk about these in my classes. So, for example, if you have a look at we work, we communicate in three ways. We communicate through our body language, through our tone of voice, how we speak to one another and through our words. And 55% of our communication is through our body language. So if I don't trust someone, they will naturally pick it up mm-hmm. because this is our nonverbal communication. So. For, for us to start building the trust, we have to give the trust. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and this is once again, this is the deep work that, you know, I had to do is that if I was seeing this person as um, untrustworthy, um, then for me, it's then I will behave that way mm-hmm. towards them and therefore I will keep getting those results, which happened in my first relationship. Mm-hmm. My first relationship was um, he cheated on me, uh, we broke up, I went back, cheated again, purely mm-hmm. because I didn't trust him. Mm-hmm. And so I think it starts with us. We have to give trust. And mm-hmm. and it, and we can't change the other person, but we mm-hmm. can change ourselves. And I think that's our point of focus. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to create this space and a safe space to influence the outcome. So the outcome could be having those robust conversations. Like I've had some amazing conversations with my exes where I wanted to know what it was like to live a double life, you mm-hmm. know. What did it feel like being deceitful? How did you keep track of all these lies? Mm-hmm. You know, and it was really great because I went in there with a curious mindset. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to seek first to understand, then to be understood. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then the, the the other thing was to really be empathetic, to, to know that they didn't do it to intentionally hurt me. Mm-hmm. It was what you were talking about. There's some of the, these things, these unconscious things that, uh, whether it's, you know, they didn't have, uh, they weren't shown love mm-hmm. or they didn't have the attention, the connection, the affection, whatever that may be, um, that 
this betrayal was driving them to become, you know, mm-hmm. uh, unfaithful and so forth. Right. And I just want to, what, what's something you want to make sure everyone knows as we wrap up? Um, I, I, I honestly think, I think that the thing is it, it takes two to tango. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, once again, I believe we attract in our life what we must learn and we all have repressed emotions, repressed past uh you know, things within our timeline, these mm-hmm. things, these emotional significant events have taken place. And I think if we come from a place of love, mm-hmm. always from a place within the heart, we can heal anything. Mm, pretty powerful. Catherine, where do we go to learn more about you? Um, I've, you can just check me out on my website. Uh, it's uh, catherineplano.com. Perfect. And you shared such great information. I know the listeners are uh, maybe struggling with the idea of how it, it seems so simple for you to do that work, but but so empowering because it's you're so right. When you come from that place of love, you can understand. And with that, you can heal, which is what we really want to do. Mm. And that's the most important thing. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. I love Catherine's strategies like forgiveness, mindfulness, and journaling in order to get the betrayal out of her system so she could heal. I thought some of her other strategies were really helpful too, like imagining each emotion as a passenger on the bus she was driving. If one acted up, she'd let it know she'd address it when she could. The most important piece here, she'd come back to it because sometimes it just needs to be validated and released. Stay in touch with Catherine by going to catherineplano.com and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. By approaching yourself, your betrayal, and your betrayer with empathy, not only can you learn so much, but it's a powerful way to grow. This takes removing ourselves a bit, at least our ego selves, in order to be willing and able to look at things from a different perspective. Not saying it's easy, but that's why growth feels so good. Know what else isn't easy? Healing from betrayal, but we got you. Take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz, which you can find at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. And have you checked out the PBT Institute membership community? Imagine everything you'd ever need to become your physical, mental, emotional best. Community, support, certified coaches and practitioners you could schedule time with. Daily classes on all kinds of interesting topics. Curated experts teaching advanced strategies in the areas of health, mindset, spirituality, personal development. Imagine the most friendly, welcoming, and supportive place to become your best all online. Nothing like this exists, and I'm so excited to welcome you. Go to thepbtinstitute.com forward slash join to learn more. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time, and here's to your breakthrough.